In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thank you. Beloved in Christ, it's good to be back home. Maybe, if you're a Sunday-only Christian, you didn't even know I was gone. But, if you came during the week, if the mice came out to pray, and I heard some good reports that we had a good showing at Vespers on Wednesday and Thursday, you would have known that um, I was gone all week with Daniel. We were visiting the oldest monastery in the United States, St. Tikhon's Monastery, founded in 1905 by St. Tikhon of Moscow. St. Tikhon is also titled the Enlightener of, of one of the Enlighteners of North America, as he served here and also in Russia. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about our visit and go from there. When you go to the monastery, I'm going to focus on one particular element. When you go to the monastery and enter into the church, icons everywhere. They have three major icons, so you enter in and venerate like we do. And then they have icons here and there, too. So you kind of watch what the monks do. The, they, most of them have a kind of path that they go and they enter and exit the church. So the first couple times, you're not sure what to do. But then you go in and follow kind of their, the, the path that, that they tread throughout the church as you enter. And off to the right-hand side, like right where that transept would be for us, they have a room, a little room. No door, but an entryway the size of a door, and you enter in, and there are more icons in there, and each of the icons have a a relic. And you've heard me preaching a lot about the teaching of St. Silouan of Mount Athos. I mention him often. I think that St. Silouan is one who has given a word particularly for our time, And uh, so I speak of him often. And I was really surprised uh, when I walked into that room and I saw the icon of St. Silouan with a little tiny reliquary, a little relic, a little piece of St. a little bone fragment from St. Silouan. And uh, having come to love him so much, or maybe because it was a little dusty in the room, I'm not sure. A A few tears came and I venerated St. Silouan and continued through many um, icons and relics from the saints of North America. And then the same effect happened when I turned and I saw St. Seraphim of Sarov. Big, beautiful icon of St. Seraphim of Sarov in a little reliquary with a tiny little bone fragment, St. Seraphim. And you know I love him because of his love of the resurrection and his resurrectional greeting, especially to everyone. Christ has risen, my joy, he would say to everyone he encountered and many other things about him. And also, St. Pantalaemon is there, the unmercenary healer in that little room. And it made me think that we, especially in fairly young churches, like our church is only about 30 years old, this parish, and uh, that's, that's fairly new in the grand scheme of things. And we, we've never had the presence of relics like that. 
Every church does have on the altar, there's a, there's a cloth that I unfold when we perform the divine liturgy. It has a tiny relic. In the Antiochian Archdiocese, it's called an antimensium. And it, it unfolds on the table and it gives, gives us the blessing to serve the divine liturgy in the church. Has, ours has a small relic of a small piece from um, St. Raphael of Brooklyn. And at the consecration of every church, at the setting of the altar, also in the altar are put some small fragments of relics as well. And we have St. Herman of Alaska, and we have the 40 holy martyrs of Sebast who are in the back corner on that large panel icon. But we haven't, we haven't had relics out like you would encounter at old churches where people have done many pilgrimages and, they, and some of the saints have, I like to say, some of the saints have followed people home, you know, as a blessing to their parish. Um, and uh, because you're less familiar with it, I thought I would just share a few things because that's one of the peculiarities. The presence of relics is one of the peculiarities of orthodoxy, particularly to those coming from a Western Christian background. And um, the church from the very beginning has honored the bodies and the bones, the relics of the saints. You may recall that the early Christians worshipped in the catacombs. They went underground when Christianity was illegal and worshipped serving the divine services on the tombs of their departed brethren. And that's exactly what we do here still. Over the relics of their de departed Christian brethren is where they serve the divine liturgy. And we do that in likeness by having the relics of the saints in our altars as well. So I thought I would share just a couple of things from the writings of the fathers on relics. In 166, when St. Polycarp was martyred and his relics were left after, after having been burned um, in martyrdom, it's written, we surrounded his relics as if they were an heirloom. Again, remember, this is 166. This is really early on, okay? It's not like Christianity had been paganized. I mean, Christianity was alive and kicking, and they were dying for the faith here. We're not talking about comfortable, you know, Christians. We're talking about those who lived and died for their faith and did everything to bear witness to the reality of the incarnation of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Everything was all about that. So after St. Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna, was martyred, they gathered, the Christians gathered, and they said, we surrounded his relics as if they were an heirloom more costly than gold and more valued than diamond stones. And we placed them in the appropriate place. Here we would gather them. Here we would be gathered with joy. And the Lord would give us the blessing of celebrating the anniversary of the day of his martyrdom and honoring his victories and other sublime spiritual struggles. This indicates that the honor of the relics is also applied to 
directed ultimately really to God, whose divine power is deposited in them. We never honor another Christian simply for being another Christian. We honor them for embodying the life of God by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Every form of honor for us must be ultimately that which is aimed to the the honoring of God. And so we honor the relics of martyrs who died bearing witness to the incarnate God. And in honoring them, we're worshiping Him whom they were serving, just as we honor His servants, because their honor passes over to, to the Master Himself. And in a similar way, as we discussed when we talked about veneration of icons. Also, sent out from the Syrian, in speaking of the miraculous power of holy relics, he relates the following concerning the holy martyrs. He says, even after death, they act as if alive, healing the sick, expelling demons, and by the power of the Lord, rejecting every evil influence of the demons. This is because the miraculous grace of the Holy Spirit is always present in the holy relics. Just like icons serve to bear witness to the incarnation, so do the relics of those living temples of the Holy Spirit whom we officially refer to as saints. Likewise, we honor them and we use them as witnesses to the fact that God by the grace God became man and by the grace of the Holy Spirit becomes the dwelling place of men. And not only does he extract us spiritually from this world, but he reclaims the matter of this world. Remember, he didn't come to despise the flesh, but he came to become flesh. That means his very body, the very body of Jesus Christ, was the body of God. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit, those who live the Christian life come to be living incarnations, you could say. And that's why we never say that a Christian has, or a saint has died, so they've fallen asleep. And a temporary separation has taken place between the body and the soul of the departed servant. And oftentimes, in miraculous ways, the bodies that remain on earth bear witness to the resurrectional character of the Christian by pouring forth miracles. We have incorrupt relics, those that, that just that don't disintegrate. We have myrrh-streaming relics, those that pour forth fragrant, aromatic, miracle-working oil. It's amazing. You're going to want to get on the internet and research it. Look up, you know, St. Demetrios, the myrrh-streamer. You'll, you'll look up myrrh-streaming relics and you'll, you'll discover incredible things. And also there are those that even, even though they don't have the qualities of incorruption or mercy streaming, continue to work, continue their ministry, you could say, on earth. The apostolic ministry or the healing ministry. 
It brings me back to my monastery story. We had time to spend with the abbot of the monastery, Father Sergius. And we sat down with him for a while, had a little dialogue. And just as we were about to go, I said, one last thing. Do you remember when Father Sergius came out a couple few years ago to give a retreat? Well, he and I had a conversation that I reminded him of. He said, when you were last visiting my church, you mentioned that you had many relics at the monastery. I told you that we didn't have any that were available for veneration. And I said to him, and you told me, well, who do you want? I said, I don't know. What do you mean? Who do I want? So he goes, well, maybe if someone were to come out to visit the monastery sometime, I could send them home with, with something. So I said, well, do you remember that conversation that we had? And he said, I do. And he said, well, who do you want? <laughs> and Daniel, knowing that I love St. Silivan, he goes, St. Silivan of Mount Athos. And Father Sergius goes, well, we barely, like barely have a relic of St. Silivan. They're very hard to get. He goes, do you like, do you really, 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 really with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength want that? Or, and I said, you know what? I would just prefer whoever wants to go home with us. Whoever would like to go home with us. And she goes, well, okay, let me see what I can do. So we went on with our day and it was, um, I don't know, it was Thursday. We went to Vespers, and we're in Vespers, very beautiful singing in the, in the monastery. I think the monks were chanting that service, and they have just a simple, melodious way of singing together. And I hear this crumpling plastic, like someone's got a candy wrapper or something, and I think, what is going on? And I saw Father Sergius zip by, and he went up to see him. It was making noise with some plastic. And I didn't think about it other than, who's doing that? And then... About five, ten minutes later, he comes up to me and he goes, come here. And he pulls me over to the, the little relic room. And this is where I don't know if I'm going to be able to contain myself. He said, I, my wife told me to practice this. so that it, He said, I'm giving you the mother load. I think, What? The mother load, if I'm a little shaky, forgive me. He opens it, he has a big plastic bag, and the first thing I see him put out, St. Gregory the Theologian, a relic of St. Gregory the Theologian, who reposed in 390. Then he pulls out another little one. He goes, that's St. Thecla, proto-martyr Thecla. First century. He goes, This is St. Dionysius the Areopagite, converted by St. Paul at the Areopagus, who went on to become a bishop, the Bishop of Athens, and was at the Dormition of the Mother of God. And he's, we, many of his writings remain today. My wife said something beautiful. How wonderful it is for St. Dionysius to be reunited to, 
St. Paul, the one who converted him in our parish. And I'm at this point, I'm choking up. And there's more. He pulls out St. Moses, the Ethiopian, that desert father, also known as St. Moses the Black. This is St. Moses the Ethiopian and St. Sava of Jerusalem, St. Sava the Sanctified, founder of many monasteries and the compiler of the Tipicon that's still used in the church, the liturgical Tipicon, the order of services. He reposed in 532. Here's also St. Tikhon of Moscow, enlightener of North America, founder of St. Tikhon's monastery, reposed in 1925. Also St. Alexis of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, who founded 17 churches and brought a bunch of units into the Orthodox faith, defender of orthodoxy. Here are some relics of St. Herman of Alaska for you to put out for your people. Here's also St. Nicholas of Japan, who was, in, who was in a, we call him equal to the apostles, an enlightener of Japan, who shared orthodoxy. One of my favorite stories about St. Nicholas is that we call him St. Nicholas or St. Nikolai of Japan. He was going to Buddhist monasteries to get to know what they believed. And at one point, the Buddhist priest, after so many visits, said, so when are you going to convert? to Buddhism, and he replied, no, I'm here to convert you. <laughs> we have another, St. Maxim Sandovich. You may have not heard of him, but we need his prayers, and he came home for, with me for some reason. He was a martyr of Lemkos of, I believe, the 19th century, and um, I'm, I'm putting together a compilation of the lives of all of these people for you. And then he gives me a little piece of cloth in a little bag. And he goes, oh, and this is also a little piece of cloth from the pillow of St. Paisios, the Mount, of Mount Athos, whom we love so much and of whom I often speak. So ten, ten relics. One, what we call a secondary relic, something from a possession of one of the saints. And if any of you have wondered what this box is, this box that's far too big, but I, I didn't have a proper reliquary yet, and I needed a place to keep them. So they're in the, the little bags that he, that he gave me, but the relics of all of them are right in here. And they range in size from pretty small pieces. You've seen the, the little one that we have on the icon of St. Paul. Most of them are much larger than that. So they may not even fit into small containers. We might need larger containers for some of them. And the one of St. Alexis in particular is so big, um, Father Sergius said, well, you can share him with your friends. <laughs> so send him around to some of the other parishes. So that's the announcement. It's that I brought 10 saints home with me to bless our parish. I, it was unreal to me. It was too real. <laughs> And then I started getting a little concerned about, what if, they, what if they pull my bag at the airport security? They go, what, what are all these little things in here? Is, am I going to say bone fragments? I mean, but, uh, but I asked for the prayers of the saints. I said, 
Bless, bless us. Bless this journey and relieve us of any complications with TSA. <laughs> and thank God we went through very quickly into the past security and there were no problems. And so now we have to properly set them. We have to put them out and make them available for veneration. And there are different ways of doing it, depending on the size of the relic that we have. We could embed them in some of our icons, like put them beneath for veneration. We can also put them in a container with little holders for veneration. But that's part of what we'll be working on in the days to come. For now, they're going to sit in this humble little wooden box that I happen to have. And at the end of the service today, this is why I asked the choir to do a solemn procession. At the end of the service today, we're going to sing Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal in the church. We'll process around three times around the church with the relics. And then we'll sing the great Prokimenon, who is so great a God is our God. And then I'll set them off to the side here. I'll put, because they're, they're still in the bags, I'll put a little cross over the top and you can just venerate the cross. I also printed out little photos of icons of each of them that I can just set, set over there somewhere so that you can just get a glimpse of them. So, I survived that. After Father Sergius had given these to me, I was, I was weeping. And he looked at me and he goes, you'll be okay. <laughs> and I was in the little side room and I, I, tears were, my face was just wet. It, I was undone. And then at the same time, the deacon was coming around to sense. And he goes inside that little room. And there's, there's not a lot of space in there. So I wedged myself in the corner, barely like, and he comes through. And then I just, I put my head down until I could get my face dry. And for the rest of Vespers, which was followed by Orthros, I went up. They have a little a loft up where the choir sings sometimes. And I just was face down until I could regain my composure. And then my second joy to receiving them is bringing them where they belong, where they want to go, here. The presence of these saints is, um, is not a source of pride. It's not because we're, we're special now. You know, we deserve, we deserve, you know, anything above and beyond anyone else. It's a blessing, but it's also a challenge. It's also a challenge. I like to say that the saints didn't live holy lives so that we don't have to. The presence of these specific ones, apostles, martyrs, defenders of the faith, and even monastics. The presence of these specific ones that came home with me means that we need their specific intercessions for some reason. That's because we're walking in their footsteps. So by the grace of the Holy Spirit and through their intercessions, part of our task now is to decide, to discern and understand how we are going to walk forth as they did on this earth, bearing witness to Christ we will venerate them. 
We will process with them. And in times of sorrow and trouble and difficulty and plague, the church has always taken the cross and the relics and the holy water and encompassed the church and walked around with them and blessed the air with them, which we will do. But we will also be given the opportunity to be like them. We won't just use them ritually or pietistically, but we'll commune with them because though dead, they are still alive in Christ. And in a real way, in a real way, in a special way, the relics bear witness to the fact that they are actually, that they are here with us. So my prayer is that as we're given the opportunity to be like them, that we will live like them and bear witness to the incarnate God by the grace of the Holy Spirit who guides those who are faithful. God is wondrous in his saints. May he be wondrous in us as well. Amen.